Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer, and I am one of the elders at the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And my friends, when I was growing up in my mom and dad's house, there was a huge mirror hanging on the wall in the living room. For 21 years, I saw that mirror every day. As far as it is possible to have a relationship with an inanimate object, that mirror and I had one. I suppose that I have seen myself in that mirror more than any other mirror in any other house or apartment in which I have lived. It was always there. My first recollection of it goes back to when I was just a kid. My brother and I were laying on the living room floor watching a Saturday afternoon TV program called Thriller. Now this particular afternoon, the story was that of an old woman who got trapped in the glass of a huge old house in which she lived that sat right on the edge of a cliff by the ocean. They had terrible weather there because it sure seemed like every night was a dark and stormy night, a very scary night. This ugly old scary looking woman was in every single window and every single mirror in that house. So for the longest time, every time I went past that mirror in our living room, I would just kind of peek out of the side of my eye to make sure that she wasn't there. And I had to go by that mirror to go to the bathroom at night, which was particularly scary. Anyway, I saw myself grow up in that mirror from the time that all I could see was the cowlick on the top of my head to where I was when the house was sold. That mirror witnessed the burr haircut, the long hair, a nice trim, and not nearly so much hair to cut anyway. It was generally the last place to stop for one last look on the way out with the guys or on a date. That mirror always told the truth. It was the place where I would discover those dreaded pimples that seemed to always pop up on the end of my nose or chin or right in the middle of my forehead, and always at the most inappropriate times. That mirror also told me when I was looking good, which I think was far and away the most frequent situation, but it also told me when I was looking bad. Interestingly, if I glanced at that mirror and wasn't having a particularly good day looks-wise, well, I would just kind of force myself not to look at the mirror the rest of the day. Of all of the features in that house, that is the one I remember most. I have a much better mirror now. It is one that shows the inside as well as the outside, and it too always tells the truth. I've been watching myself grow in that mirror also, and sometimes, if I am truly honest with myself, I haven't always liked what I've seen. So let's go to the book of James where we will be reading in chapter 1, 
verses 17 through 25. That's James chapter 1, verses 17 through 25. This is what he wrote. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begot he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. But whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty, and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, This man shall be blessed in his deed. As we look at this passage, we can readily see the best mirror of all is a divinely designed mirror, and it is the Word of God. And as much as we are brought forth into the spiritual life by the Word of Truth, it is vitally important that that truth be preached, taught, believed, and obeyed. I think the point of verses 18 and 19 of James 1 is simply that as Christians we know that we have been brought forth into a new life, born again by the word of truth. And that brings to mind Peter's statement in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22-25, through 25, where Peter wrote the following, Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower thereof falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which is the gospel that is preached unto you. The point of the passage in James is that since we have been born again by the word of God, We have to let our lives be a reflection of that word in what we say and in what we do. Even more than that, in the very things that we think. Because this mirror, which is the word of God, sees inside as well as outside. Our study of the word of God must be in all humility in order that mirror will be able to have its full effect upon our hearts. We must study the Bible for the purpose of learning exactly what God's will is for us and making sure that we put that will into practice in life and then turning around and teaching it to others. Did you know that it is possible to study the scriptures with the wrong motive? Perhaps with the desire to win an argument rather than to improve myself or help someone else? In doing such, a person may very well discover various proof texts that they think teach their favorite doctrine, but they won't discover the love that undergirds all of the verses found in God's Word in the first place. Did you know that it is possible to teach God's Word to someone else, to rebuke or admonish them in such a way as to demonstrate that I haven't applied that very teaching to myself?
No, the first application must always be to me. In that wonderful passage from James, he continued on to show that it is our responsibility to be the doers of the word and not hearers only. Actually, the tense of the verb James uses carries with it the idea of continuous action. In other words, keep on demonstrating yourselves to be doers of the word. You know what is really interesting? The word translated as hearers was a word that was used to refer to people who attended lectures and heard but never became disciples, and that a disciple is of whoever was speaking. After almost 34 years of preaching and teaching, I can tell you that many folks sit in the pew not sufficiently on guard against being hearers only. There are those who evidently think that just the mere physical action of sound waves hitting their eardrums is sufficient because they haven't really been paying attention. There are others who hear, may even remark about the sermon, and then promptly forget it. Others hear and make application to everybody else. We even joke about that sometimes. Folks will say, good sermon. I sure hope so-and-so was here to hear that. I recognize that that is a joke, but for some, that is exactly what they are thinking. Still others hear up to a point, and when they hear something that hits home, just shut it off. Exactly like I used to at home when the mirror showed me that I was looking pretty bad that day. Well, when that happened, I just quit looking in the mirror. The purpose of preaching and teaching the Word of God is to have that Word have an effect upon my life and on the lives of those who are taught. While it is nice and encouraging to have people say, good sermon or good class, I love to hear that. But it is a much greater compliment to see the Word that was taught making a true difference in the way that people live. The very first application that each of us must make as we look into the mirror of God's Word is always to ourselves. If I teach that it is wrong to speak unkindly about others in public or private, do I then speak unkindly about others? Do I tell others not to lie and then turn around and lie myself? If I nod my assent when I hear or read in God's word that the need to put others ahead of myself is true, do I then demand my own way? It is so easy to use the Word of God as a two-way mirror. In other words, I can look at it and see you, but I cannot see me. It wasn't designed to be used that way. My friends, it takes real honesty and integrity to use and appreciate God's mirror as he intended it to be used. In verses 23 and 24 of James 1, he describes the most frequent use of that mirror, the Word of God. Remember the verses, For if any be the hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholds himself and goes his way, and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. James here compares the one who is a hearer and not a doer of the word to an individual who looks into a mirror. He sees himself there. It's not just a careless glance. It is a look. He turns away from that mirror and immediately forgets what he looked like. Take care to realize that James is writing about Christians looking into the word and not making personal application of that word in their lives. 
In chapter 2, he writes about prejudice and the recognition of the need and a failure to do anything about it. You see, it is possible to know the word, even to make application to everybody else, but to fail to make application to me. Over the years, for instance, I've seen brothers and sisters literally jump all over a fellow Christian in the church building. As a matter of fact, I have been the jumpee, so to speak. I have seen a brother or sister just ream a fellow Christian out as they got in their face with all the appropriate passages of Scripture and then walk away confident that they had taken care of the problem, or at least had their say. Do you see a problem with that? I do. That is using the word as a two-way mirror. We are taught in God's word to take heed not only to what we hear, but also to how we hear it. In Luke chapter 8, verses 11 through 18, we see the explanation and the application of one of the Lord's most striking and impressive parables. Let's look at that well-known passage and remember that it is Jesus speaking. He said, Now the parable is this, The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell among the thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth, and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground are they which, in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a candlestick, that they which enter in may see the light. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear, for whosoever hath to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not from him shall be even taken that which he seems to have. The whole parable is about the effect of the word on various hearts. It is all about how people hear. It is all about looking into the mirror. The hearer of God's word bears a tremendous responsibility to translate into life the lessons he or she learns there. The genuine hearer of the word gazes intently into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein. I like that word looketh or looks intently. It describes the act of one who stoops down, so to speak, to get the closest possible look. In verse in James 1.25, it describes someone who is truly interested in the Word of God, someone who wants to know what the Word says so that they can abide in it. My friends, the Word is the perfect law of liberty. It is law because it is a rule of action designed to govern every aspect of our lives. It is perfect because it is all-sufficient to accomplish every purpose for which it was designed and it is absolutely without defect. It is the law of liberty because obedience to it sets us free from the bondage of sin and Satan and spiritual death. 
to continue in the perfect law of liberty is to be close to it, never be far from it, to return to it again and again and again. It is to have the attitude toward it that is so beautifully expressed by David. Now I recognize that David was referring to the old law, but the passage is as applicable for us today as well. In Psalm 119, verses 97 through 104, David wrote, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thou, through thy commandments, has made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all of my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgment, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. So the key is to make that personal application. The perfect law of liberty is not a law meant to govern the conduct of everybody else, and then I have a different law to govern mine. No, it applies to me first. I must be a hearer who puts into practice what I have heard. Then, and only then, am I promised the blessing. It reminds me of the Lord's statement in John chapter 13 and verse 17 when he said, If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. When we look into the mirror of God's word, see myself as I really am making all the necessary corrections and taking care of myself first before I make application to everyone else, then I am using that mirror in the way that God intended. The wonderful mirror of God's word. Make use of it, my friends. Thanks for listening.